like do Arnold warm-ups? Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's like a, it's needed. I know in my case it's needed. I have a bad Arnold and you have a good Arnold. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call mine good. I just really commit to mine. You do, but whenever like you start dropping the two lines from Predator that you know, they're <laughs> flawless. Two lines? I could probably quote most of that movie if I had to. I'll wait. All right, it's two lines. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber baby bubby bumpers. Rubber baby bubby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby bubby bumpers. Rubber buggy baby bumpers. That's why it's so much easier to like, go Stallone. Just go, Rubber baby buggy bumpers. I don't know what that was. I don't know either. That's Somehow you made Stallone have a stroke, and it sounds like he's having one normally. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, good old Sky Stallone. Bleeding on the brain? Sky Stallone! <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be back. That's awful. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Last action hero, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Last action hero, bud. Were you expecting this one coming up at all? I know me and you have talked about it like off mic, and I feel like we were playing a bit of a chicken with this one of who was going to do it. This is a movie that's been on my list for a very, very, very long time, mostly because I have never seen it. But you knew how ridiculous it was. You've talked to me about this movie. I have. Is anything about you genuine at this point? <laughs> no, not a damn thing. Holy hell. What else haven't you seen that you should have seen by now? That uh, me and you have talked about. That, that we've completely talked about? fucked your way through the conversation. Ooh. Um, pulp Fiction. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Hey, you, you want the, the big money drop? Here it is. I don't like this. This is like on par of finding out there's no Santa Claus and also my parents have sex. Like, yeah. that's where we are in shock level. Like, they put the presents under the tree and then they fuck. I don't like it at all. I... I God damn it! Now that's gonna be on the mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh, I've never seen Pulp Fiction, so oh, okay. Um, been keeping that one in my back pocket for a minute. It's been a lot longer than a minute. As I mean, I understand you want to be hip with the kids. Hello, fellow kids. But <laughs> hello, there. Jesus, buddy. Well, now you've seen Last Action Hero from 1993, directed by John fucking McTiernan. Why don't you give me your thoughts on it? This movie is um, a wild ride. In the, in the fun kind of way, in the exciting action parody kind of way, but also in the John McFucking Tiernan kind of way. <laughs> Over the top in the best way? Yeah. It's like, hey, if we're going to do a parody, why don't we get the guy who did Die Hard and Predator? I unabashedly love this movie. And I still don't know why entirely. <laughs> because is it a good movie? No. Mm. Is it a great movie? Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, uh, I knew the basic premise of the movie, and so I figured, oh, this can't be more than 90 minutes long. Fooled you. It's over yeah. two hours. Yeah, I uh, I pulled this up on Hulu and was like, oh, no. Is it on Hulu? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Motherfucker. I had to go onto the fire stick that's, like, collecting dust and watch it. Uh... Now, Dave, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> ExpressVPN, thanks for sponsoring this episode, I hope. Oh, uh, yikes. Could just be a, a fin Finnish person watching Last Action Hero. Exactly. That's, that's maybe where I set my VPN to, Wink. <laughs> Get your, your long pour and 
It's long drink, Brian. That's what yes, I, I am drinking long drink right now. Long drink. The Finnish legend. Long drink. That everybody knows about. People know about it. Especially me. I drink it all the time while I watch uh, Pulp Fiction. Jesus Christ. This bit is going to hurt me, I feel like. <laughs> the longer it goes on. <laughs> Do you just want to get into this movie? This is the fun one to talk about. I think the, the best way for this one is to actually physically get into it. Like, I want that, that ticket, and I want to get into the movie. I feel like you're trying to be endearing right now, and I don't like it. It's not working for me. No? <laughs> it's because of everything you've just dumped on me, mostly. <laughs> I'm being genuine. I want to get into this movie. Go ahead. Just do your reading thing that you like to do. You guys said some not-so-nice things about me on the uh, Team America <laughs> episode a couple weeks ago. I'm still, Actually, you said a lot of nice things and some not-so-nice things. I don't know how I feel about any of it. It was a honest. healthy balance, but I feel like uh, we <laughs> did the right thing by yeah. making it just a little worse. Just a little. Just a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. I'm happy you're back. I'm, I'm back, and now we're going <laughs> to we're gonna get into it. See? So genuine. Sorry about talking about multiple ways to fuck you in that episode. Uh, that wasn't even the worst part. Which was the worst part? I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't mind the multiple ways. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you're welcome that we filled your spank bank. Like we do every week, we're going to break this thing down into our, our arbitrary scale of 10 categories, 10 points for each one. And uh, we start off with story motivation. We pull the plot right off of the Wikipedia, and it is as follows. Danny Madigan, played by Austin O'Brien. Thank you so much for not giving him the fucking... (laughs) I was legit worried. (laughs) Uh, No, this kid, well, he acts. He thinks he does, yeah. He he reads lines from a script in front of a camera. He is a 10-year-old boy living in a crime-ridden area of New York City with his widowed mother, Irene. Following his father's death, Danny takes comfort in watching action movies, especially a series featuring the indestructible Los Angeles cop Jack Slater, who was played by Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a great Arnold role. You knock it off. No, nah, I'm being serious. Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. The first thought was, that sounded like Arnold falling off a bicycle. <laughs> My training wheels. <laughs> Danny watches these movies at his local movie theater uh, owned by Nick, who was played by Robert fucking Prosky. And he is also the projectionist of this movie theater. He seems to be the only employee of this movie theater. No, there's the guy at the bottom of the ticket booth who only services the one kid, but also doesn't recognize the one kid. <laughs> the one kid who's here all the time. He's like, who is this guy? Watching the same movie over and over, like some sort of little sociopath. Nick gives Danny a golden ticket once owned by Harry Houdini to see an early screening of Jack Slater 4 before its official release. I like how this seems like a huge deal. You're seeing an early release movie, it's like, holy shit. Now it's just like, yeah, movie comes out on Friday. All right, I'll go see it Thursday night. That, I said Friday. I'll go see it Thursday evening. Like right after work, it's playing, right? Yeah, okay. I remember when those releases used to be like, they were actual midnight showings. And then they were like, okay, but like, what if we did it at 10 so it ends after midnight? That still technically counts, right? And now it's just like four o'clock on Thursday, come see the new movie. They don't even care anymore. Like I remember having to like actively stay awake to get to midnight and then watch the movie. Yeah. And you're hoping that adrenaline keeps you going the entire way. 
And now it's just like, all right, well, I can go get a nice dinner, go to the movies leisurely. Well, it gets worse now, too, because every single movie theater has booze. And then if you're <laughs> real savvy, you just wear like cargo shorts or something. You, you stick a couple long drinks in there. Yeah, exactly. You carry your long pours into uh, Pulp Fiction and have a great time. You're the worst. You're a terrible <laughs> human being. I don't know how anyone's ever loved you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that one hurt a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the, the Thursday night premieres, which one? I'm asking you ahead of time, but now they're both out. Which one are you seeing first, Barbie or Oppenheimer? When this comes out, I'll have already seen Oppenheimer in nice. IMAX. Full-blown IMAX. Well, that's the way to do it. And I won't have time to see Barbie until sometime this week. Hmm. Maybe we can trade notes because I'm definitely going to see Barbie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a good time to love movies. Yeah, it's uh right now. In, in a couple months, it's going to be terrible. But right now, it's pretty great. So while Danny's watching this movie, his ticket stub uh, gets all sparkly, and it magically transports him into the fictional world of Jack Slater, who happens to be in the middle of a car chase scene. I like the way that he gets sucked into this movie, but I also hate it a ton, because you see the dynamite get thrown after they blew up my favorite second cousin Frank's house. (laughs) Not my second cousin Frank. No. But he likes like this giant comical stick of dynamite. It gets thrown. It lands outside of the movie. Like goes through the screen, lands in the theater. And then I like how the wick of it gets extinguished via popcorn dumped on it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to dump some popcorn on dynamite. That's uh, everybody knows that. But how does Danny end up in the screen? I get that the theater does blow up because that's kind of what it shows. But when they go back through the theater later, it is it totally is fine. Not blown up at all. But then he also is just in a back seat. And then sometimes you can just walk through a wall and you're either in a police station or a mansion or whatever's there. It's confusing. Yeah. To be fair, this movie theater already looks like it's been blown up several times. But the seats are fine. And there's a lot of them. This is a big theater. It is a huge theater. Uh, I can't imagine what the rent on this is in New York City. In the 80s, like 10 bucks, probably. That's fair. Like, it's for and a this whole is month. Crime ridden New York City. You can tell <laughs> That's because what they the, told me. the sign for the bathrooms is spray painted on the wall. Sure. <laughs> uh, and that one guy breaks into the, into the apartment at the beginning of the movie. What was he thinking? He's like, Where's your good stuff? He's like, Look around. I don't even have um, <laughs> a bed. I sleep on a mattress on the floor, I think. Oh, man, you didn't have anything good to steal. Yeah, but welcome, welcome to crime-ridden New area York. of New York City, according to Wikipedia, yeah. So after they escape their pursuers, Slater takes Danny to the LAPD, where uh, Danny points out evidence of the fictional nature of Slater's world. He's like, hey, all these women are hot, and one of your cops is a cartoon cat who's voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things that's ever come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Slater's like, what are you talking about? This is all real. I both love and don't love how this kid is just trying to blow up Jack Slater's mind, whole, his whole world, life. And he doesn't stop, which is enough for me to like, you know, tie some cinder blocks to that kid's feet and throw him in the This kid's kind of like a dickhead, yeah. He's, he's terrible. <laughs> like, you know nothing in your existence is real. None of it. <laughs> Everyone you've ever loved? Celluloid. Everyone has a 555 number? You know there's only 9,999 of those possible. That's why we went to the area codes. That's why we have area codes. 
It's like, yeah, you dumb kid. He is a dumb kid. I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> uh, Danny also says that Slater's friend, John Practice, who's played by F fucking Murray fucking Abraham, shouldn't be trusted because he totally killed Mozart, which is obviously a reference to uh, F. Murray Abraham's character in Amadeus. Salieri. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like how the villain in this is Vivaldi. So it's pretty great. Look how cultured we are. <laughs> totally cultured in this <laughs> last action hero movie. Is he though? That's no. always my question is what's with the title, everyone? I think it's just paying off that there was a there's once a first action hero. In theory, yeah. In theory. And mentioned briefly in the movie, but I forget the context entirely. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the last one. Slater's like, ah, what are you talking about? You're, you're crazy, kid. And uh, goes to his supervisor, Lieutenant Decker, who's just a very angry man who says some very funny things. Frank fucking McCray. I'm Frank giving fucking it to McCray. Him. Uh, This guy can talk really fast, and I love that, because he kind of miss a lot of what he says unless you have subtitles turned on, which I did. And... Man, I don't know how this thing qualified for a PG-13 <laughs> rating after you see some of the stuff that's coming out of this man's mouth. Do you have examples? I actually do have one particular one. Okay. That I pulled from the quote section of IMDb, where Decker says, You suck the blood out of cotton-picking toes and I can take from you. I got the California Raisins cast is doing an all-male version of the Diary of Anne Frank, doing an all-male version <laughs> of my Frizz's Sibba. Tiny Tim has stepped on my totem. So what, you ball-peen jackaminus? I'll slap the mouth out of all the <laughs> cock-sucking tails I can take from you. Frida Fiend, you know, you take the mayor of the library bush, you're never gonna aziza baziza down at the beach. Go down to the beaches, you know? You take the chicken out of the bag and stick it up. Now, the real question about that yeah. is, Frank McRae, we can all agree he's a national treasure. Absolutely. For just hearing about him for the first time, right? We can all yeah. agree. Yeah. Do you think that he's word perfect in the way he does his scenes? Like Aaron Sorkin, say what I wrote or don't bother fucking showing up? <laughs> That's a great question. I feel like he's probably ad-libbing a little bit in there. We need to cut. He left out the on Frank part. So I wasn't really, I was watching the movie, not really paying attention to the subtitles until I saw, I caught a glimpse at the bottom of the screen where it said cocksucking. And I was like, now wait a minute. Whoa! <laughs> and then I started paying attention to the subtitles whenever he talked. And only at one point in the movie does it say like unintelligible gibberish. Whoever did the subtitles for that, I mean, say what you will about AI. They nailed it there. Commitment, for sure. So Lieutenant Decker is actually just going to assign Danny as Slater's new partner. Because you could just do that. You can. I mean, why not? You got a cartoon cat. You got Humphrey Bogart. Why Why the hell not? That's true. It's amazing how many times Danny repeats, I'm in the movie. I'm in the, I'm movie. In the movie. I'm in the movie. I could do this. I'm in a movie. Wait, I'm the comic sidekick. I can't do this. See, that should have been an endearing line. It should have been. Instead, it, should, like, it was... Being that self-aware, kind of like what Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing the entire movie, where he is super self-aware of it all. Yes. He's crushing it because of that. Absolutely crushing it. But Danny is just annoying. Yeah. Yeah, this is just an obnoxious kid who wants to prove to Arnold Schwarzenegger that he is in a movie. And it's not even the worst part about this movie. Weirdly enough, we're going to get there. So yeah, Decker assigns Danny, who's not a police officer, to be the police officer's partner. And then he 
instructs them to investigate the criminal activities related to mafia boss Tony Vivaldi, who was played by Anthony fucking Quinn. And this is the part where they just kind of go riding around looking for a house, and then it takes them like three lengths of a house to determine that's the house. It looks exactly like that one. Yeah, Danny remembers it from the beginning of the movie. The back of it he saw, so naturally he knows what the front is because this kid right here is just like Danny fucking Vila or something like that. He knows. (laughs) (laughs) You see the back of the house. I'll tell you what the front looks like. (laughs) Danny Vila. They don't call me Bob Stud Vila for no reason. Yeah, uh, in Last Action Hero 2, it is revealed that Danny's father was Bob Vila. He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get the reveal at the end. It's like, it actually wasn't. It was Norm the whole time, and he was just talking about paint. <laughs> so they recognize the house from the street. They go in. They meet Vivaldi's henchman, Mr. Benedict, played oh, by gosh. Charles fucking dance oh good this man should play a villain in every movie he is the best thing about this movie probably i mean tywin lannister shows up with a glass eyeball and yeah i'm in absolutely in my favorite bit that he does throughout this entire movie is that vivaldi constantly messes up like these (laughs) cliched phrases yeah and charles dance just corrects him way under his breath every single time It's so good. He's so good. Danny later claims that Vivaldi and Benedict were the ones who killed Slater's second cousin, who's, of course, played by Art fucking Carney. But Slater has no evidence, and they're forced to leave. But Benedict is curious how Danny knows all this, so he hires a bunch of, or sends a bunch of hired guns to follow them back to Slater's house. Well, that's because right after they confront Benedict at the front door of this giant mansion, Benedict's like, you, you, get the hell out of here. And he's closing the door, and then Danny, on the spot, is just like, I'm going to drop some past exposition right now <laughs> in earshot of everybody. I know everything that's going on right now, and I'm going to over-explain it in front of the bad guy, and then later in the movie, I'm going to make fun of the bad guy for over-explaining something. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he got caught monologuing long before he accused somebody else of getting caught monologuing. What a jerk. Kids, man. What a stupid kid. I hate this kid. <laughs> I really do. In terms of, like, movie kids, this one's way at the bottom. I'd rather have Star Kid Kid. I think I would rather have Star Kid Kid too, but it's like, why couldn't this kid have been cast in like Twilight Zone in the in a helicopter scene or something like that? Why couldn't that happen? <laughs> you really hate this kid. He's not a good kid. What else has Austin O'Brien done? Whenever you Google Austin O'Brien, it comes up with like a musician type thing, but it's like a high school. Because I Googled it and he had an IMDb and I was like, that's just not worth a click. He was also in, uh, you know, an episode of Bones. And, Who wasn't, uh, though? He's in four episodes of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> Whoa. He, he had a, a big role in Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace. So, you know, pretty, pretty solid career. Sure. <laughs> well, last action here is something that you can hang your hat on, and you're the worst part of it. That says something. Maybe go back to school. Oh, you know what? He was the main kid from My Girl 2 who was also a dick. He usually shit on people this hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I, I do not care about this kid at all. <laughs> it, it's, it's been a while since we've, we've gone this hard on, on a child actor. <laughs> to be fair, though, he's older than us, I, I think. Now he is. He was 10 in this movie, allegedly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now he is. I mean, he was older than us then, too. I think. It's true. This is the way time works. Yes, it is. <laughs> So when they get back to Slater's place, uh, they meet Slater's daughter, Whitney, played by Bridget Wilson, and uh, 
they all thwart an attack because Benedict and, and the other guys show up and there's a big fight scene. There's some, some fake money involved that throws off red smoke. Things happen. Can we agree that Bridget Wilson might be the worst thing in this movie? <laughs> Even worse than the kid? It, the screaming for me. The screaming. Is, it's is the really, screaming. She's screaming like she's being attacked, but she's kicking a guy's ass the whole time. And I don't know. I don't know either, man. Choices were made. They sure were. That is acting for you. I don't know whose choices they were, but there wasn't enough time for them to fix them, clearly, because this movie was filmed right up until right before it got released. Yes, it was. That's that's a whole other story that we'll get into. <laughs> one of my favorite things in this movie happens during this scene, though, when one of the henchmen has Whitney, and Danny's just like, if you harm one hair on her head, and Charles is <laughs> like, stop. And he plucks a hair and breaks it right, breaks right, it right in front of his Go face. Go on. <laughs> You're going to do what? What are you going to do, little boy? Charles fucking dance. <laughs> so they thwart the attack, but Benedict ends up getting away with the ticket stub. Because, you know, why not? He, there needs to be stakes somewhere in this movie. Bad guy's got to so go. take something. <laughs> oh, this half a ticket stub. This seems like it'll be valuable later. I can't believe this is the rewrite of this movie. <laughs> One of several. Yeah. And I read the screenplay from Zach Penn. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it is very different. <laughs> I bet. It opens up in a mall, and uh, Arnold gets in trouble from one of the shopkeepers in a Victoria's Secret, saying that he, they can't go in the back there, because that's where all the ladies are trying stuff on. And he grabs a bra to try on in the back, and then hands it to a nude woman, saying, yeah, you like this. And then he leaves out the back to chase the bad guys. There's this whole mall chase that happens. Wow. <laughs> and also, his name is not Jack Slater. It's Arno. I love that. Arno Slater. Arno Slater. <laughs> yeah, I am Arno. And that was my favorite scene in the whole thing. It was just yeah, the opening mall chase. Yeah, you like this bra. It's so the back ridiculous. <laughs> and at one point, like, one of the directions on it is, like, right when a chase is about to start up, it says, and Arno's pancreas dances. I'm sorry. Like, what? as a way of getting excited about it. I'm picturing like a Family Guy style cut to a pancreas Muppet where, with Arnold Schwarzenegger's face doing a dance. Just very excitedly. It has something to do with like this elevator opening up on different floors. And you know, like the last stop, that's where the hero is going to be. Yeah. And the direct thing that it says here is operator, sixth floor. The elevator doors slide open and, holy shit, your pancreas dances. Because who's standing right in the middle of the doorway but <laughs> Arno Slater. The toughest, strongest, hardest to kill action hero you've ever seen. Your pancreas dances. <laughs> so if you ever thought that you weren't a good enough writer, go find the screenplay. <laughs> Zach Penn and Adam Leff. Now's the time, you know? They're looking for, looking for new writers, I guess. <laughs> Coming soon to the uh, the Beer Minute Movie merch store, Arno the Dancing Pancreas on a t-shirt. I love it! <laughs> so Benedict figures out the, uh, the ticket stub's ability to transport him out of the film and into the real world. Meanwhile, Slater deduces Vivaldi's plan to murder the rival mob by releasing a lethal gas during a funeral atop a skyscraper. And it's the most ridiculous scene in this entire movie. It I don't is... know why it happens. I, I don't know. Either. Except that they needed, like, the set piece, I guess. Yeah, it's like, oh, we need another action scene for this action movie. Uh, why don't we have 
we got to do something with this this Tony Vivaldi plot too. So, but I appreciate that in typical action movie form, Jack Slater has a jump to conclusions, Matt, and he figures out very quickly that Leo Lafart, <laughs> who is the mobbed up guy who died, was a very fat man, and there were explosives stolen in a throwaway line. I think like a minute ago. Yeah, and he's like. They clearly stuffed him into the fat man, and if Lila Fart's gonna pass gas one more time. <laughs> I went Scottish. You did go Scottish. Lafart <laughs> is going to pass gas one more time. I love the kids, like, it's not gonna be an explosion. It's this is a movie. You've already done like four explosions. It's gotta be something different. He's like, ah, the tear gas. There's a helicopter with a Gatling gun. There's cranes that this kid learns to drive. There's a rooftop full of uh, stereotypical Italian folk pulling out every gun that they have on them to aim at this one guy in the movie running, holding a giant dead man over his shoulders. There's the La Brea tar pits. There's an explosion. There's a wrecking ball. There's a countdown on a watch. He wipes off the tar and Danny's like, you know, tar sticks to some people. And I don't give a fuck about anything you have to say, Danny. I don't. And <laughs> yeah, then Whitney well, shows movie, up with a truck dumb kid. that's just there to get us to the next scene. <laughs> of course. And Bridge Wilson's now out of the movie. She's like, see, I'm here for a reason. Chekhov's daughter. Chekhov wishes. <laughs> Wait. Gross. also that's the scene where we find out that practice uh f murray abraham is actually working for vivaldi and then danny devito's character the animated cat whiskers kills f murray abraham sure they're getting rid of everyone in the movie world i guess (laughs) let's get to the good part Okay, so Vivaldi's plan has failed because he wanted to take over the entire drug trade of Los Angeles. But since he didn't kill the the rest of the other mob, Benedict goes and kills Vivaldi, and he uses the ticket stub to escape into the real world, where he is now followed by Slater and Danny. Of course, Slater, upon realizing that everything Danny's been telling him the whole movie, just beating him over the head with, you're in a movie, you're in a movie, he realizes it's true, and he gets kind of bummed out about that. As you would. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater. He's like, ah, damn it. This stupid kid who's right the whole time. He gets hit by a, a taxi cab because New York reasons. And yeah. he goes, ouch, that hurt. It's like, what happened in the movie whenever any of this happened? Yeah, well, normally I would just roll off the front of it completely unscathed. I, I guess. Uh, I appreciate how we fire sh- bullets into the taxi and nothing happens. And I like, like that a lot. Where's the big kaboom? <laughs> Don't you Marvin the Martian this one again. <laughs> Sorry. There was supposed to be a big kaboom. He might as well be a fucking Martian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when he meets Irene, he he's back in good spirits. He's like, ah, you, your mother, She, we talked all night. So, question. Oh, yeah, they absolutely did. They totally banged. Without a doubt, I think they banged. Even though he's like, we talked all night. It was great. I've never just sat and talked to a woman before. I've never talked to a woman. It was neat. And she was dressed like a maid, and that really got it going. And now her hair is disheveled, and she's wearing half a tie. No, we just talked. But you gotta, like, give props to Irene on oh, this Oh, absolutely. One. It's like you got Arnold Schwarzenegger in the early 90s. So you're not quite peak Arnold, but you are certainly not far off from it. It's not a bad Arnold. But it's like Arnold and Jace. So yeah. it's not even true, Arnold. It's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> I 
I hate that I'm going to have to uh, stop you talking briefly okay. because we got so many questions on Facebook. Oh. And they go uh, exactly how you would think for <laughs> this movie because naturally um micah a good buddy micah wants to know you can pull one character out of a movie to hang out with you assuming it is for non-sexual purposes okay who are you going after not the direction i expected it to go um this feels like an easy answer i want the genie from aladdin because then i get to hang out and i get wishes but you only get three of them and you have to deal with that that level of that's true but that's three more wishes than hey, I have right now and a hundred percent more Robin Williams than I'm hanging out with. Yeah, so. that would be a good way to get it back, wouldn't it? Unless you get like the old fucked up Robin Williams. <laughs> where he's like, I want a Ferrari. And he goes, you got it. I'm going to touch your feet. It's like, whoa, 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 Robin <laughs> what? Williams. What? <laughs> that wasn't my wish at all. I think I'd go with Bogey and Casablanca. Ooh. Just, I feel like it would be sick as hell to sit at a bar with that guy and just drink whiskey. Okay, that's a much more chill hang than what it's, I was I, doing. That's all I'm after is a chill hang. I can't deal with Rob Williams' energy on his worst day. <laughs> uh, I would probably accidentally say some shit like, I wish you would tone it down a notch. <laughs> shit. <laughs> he would tone it down in the most annoying way, though. Yeah, that's true. And I'd be like, down a so wish. over the top the way he tones it down. <laughs> so then because it's our show, Jeff Miner showed in, which character did you pull out of a movie to hang out with for sexual purposes? Oh, okay. See, now that makes more sense. Yep. Uh, um, <laughs> Micah put it off the backboard for Jeff to slam it home. Yeah. To which Phil Hawkins also wrote in and said, do animated characters count? Oh. And the general consensus of the group was, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? That's a, that's a tough one. Of all of the characters in all of movies. Yeah. And just to give you a, an idea of where Phil was going with this, he said, in that case, I choose Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> and second choice is Hollywood from Cool World. Mm. Mm. I like that. So there you go. This might be a cop out because I can't choose, but I'm going to go Mystique from X-Men. Rebecca Romaine, not Jennifer Lawrence. Then again, it doesn't matter because she's Mystique. She could be anyone. I don't actually have to choose. No, but I also find this question funny because this is like the fantasy question. But then you also have to kind of assume that, like, you're cool enough that you can win over this character in order for oh, sexual that's true. Purposes. That's true. So you kind of want to, like, aim a little lower, don't a you? Little, okay, so Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. Of Mystique. <laughs> <laughs> no, in that case, it's probably um, I'm a Howard the Duck. <laughs> not Leah Michelle from Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck from Howard the Duck. Oh, that's not Leah Michelle, friend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wrong name. <laughs> Leah Michelle, I don't even think it was a twinkle in anyone's eye at that point. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. But I'm going to go with the obvious one that I know is a sure thing. And I'm going to go with Lisa from Weird Science, Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> it is a sure thing. It's a sure thing. Gross. She doesn't really have a choice in the matter. No, no. And yeah, that is gross when you put it that way. <laughs> We're not the bad guys. We're doing the service here. You guys asked. We have to answer by law. Or else they put us in The Hague yeah. or something. Fuck you. Phil Hunting ought to see send Olaf from Frozen. And I guarantee that I can see Phil right now. Just like, ah, I got your nose, got your nose. And all of a sudden, you see Phil behind Olaf's head still holding oh, no. the carrot. But suddenly, Olaf's Olaf got a new has nose. Olaf nose again. You're gross, uh, Phil. That is disgusting, Phil. 
You should be ashamed of yourself, Phil. I can't believe you came up, came up with that, Phil. <laughs> Something wrong with you, Phil. And I guess since we're leaving the movie at this point, the movie within a movie, we should address Matt Cowan's question of, what is your gold ticket movie? Something that you grab a large popcorn and the front seat for to then be thrust into the world of. Oh, man. <laughs> Pleasantville, but not the Pleasantville part of Pleasantville, like the real world part of Pleasantville. So that you could get Pleasantville, you're going to intercept yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I was <laughs> trying way. to come up with an answer that was weird. You did it. <laughs> no, I have no desire to be incepted into Pleasantville. I just like knowing that there is a Pleasantville within the place that I exist. So you want to go into a movie strictly to watch a pretty good TV show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the off chance that Chevy Chase might come fix my TV. It was not Chevy Chase. No? No. Who was it? Don Knotts. It was Don Knotts. How Chevy, Chevy Chase was hot tub time machine. Yeah, I, I was going to say, one of them's a hell of a lot more racist than the other, I think. <laughs> Surprisingly, not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> right, not the guy who sounds like he's from the South during that time. Ooh. So what movie would you go into? Just for safety reasons? I would like Minority Report. Oh, okay. It's like kind of like what I live in now, but I also know that if anyone's going to try to do harm to me, which they should, They'll get that there's going to be a Tom Cruise saving. I like knowing that there are these precogs that are being <laughs> kept in this mind prison, if you will, yeah. who are keeping me safe all the time. I like that. I like that too. That's, that's a good pick. Can I change my answer to only the strong? You absolutely could. You're going to have to learn how to do the dance, though. Oh, no. I just like knowing there's a high school where everybody's doing capoeira. <laughs> just in general. You can start that if you want to. No, I can't. Just go to a high school and be like, you, you look like the toughest son of a bitch here. Do these dance steps. Let's dance fight. <laughs> and now you know kung fu. <laughs> uh. We got more. We'll get some more. We got more. <laughs> okay. Okay. So last action hero, then? Yeah, we might as well. Uh, Benedict devises a plan to kill the actor portraying Slater in the movie Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in the real world. The real Arnold. He wants to kill him because he thinks somehow that will stop Slater in the movie, even though the movie's already been made. Yes. It's a terrible plan. It's an awful plan, but he's going he's gonna to go for it. And uh, after he does that, he can bring in villains from a bunch of other movies into the real world and take over. Because the cool thing about the real world is the bad guys win they can win they have they the ability win. to win and i do like that part of the plan a whole lot more i do too um also living in the real world the bad guys frequently do win they sure do <laughs> so to help with this plan benedict brings the ripper played by tom fucking noonan he's so good in this movie he's the villain from jack slater 3 and he brings him to the premiere of jack slater 4 to assassinate schwarzenegger because he's still going forward with that plan. I like the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jack Slater, refers to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm Braunschweiger! <laughs> Braunschweiger. I love that he can't say his own name. It makes me very happy. It's very funny. Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a really he's good job in this movie. crushing it. And he's unfortunately being dragged down by Austin O'Brien. He is, but I just appreciate that he knows exactly what's going on how to play yeah. this version of the character. He knows he's playing Jack Slater. Yeah. Which is a 
parody of himself in his own movie. Like he's so Phenomenal. over the top with it Phenomenal. and it works that when you actually do see the real Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's very business like doing he's the red carpet Planet walk, Hollywood. he's plugging Planet Hollywood. Maria yeah. Shriver's getting pissed off for not the first time in his life. <laughs> Uh, she's like, this is me acting like I'm mad at my husband for plugging his restaurant. It's acting. That would have been a really good time if he's like, Maria, I have a way of getting you the Oscar. Make you upset. <laughs> John, when I say action, call action. Maria, come here. I fucked the maid. Action! <laughs> and suddenly, Last Action Hero is a renowned movie. <laughs> suddenly, Maria Shriver's known for being method. In a cameo. How about that? Everyone's got a cameo in this thing. Come on. Everybody. <laughs> Including Chevy Chase. That's right. <laughs> so Danny and Slater find out what's happening, and they go to save Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and they do so by tackling him. Yeah, it's all it takes usually, right? Or no, they, they pull the gun on. Slater pulls the gun on the Ripper, and Schwarzenegger tackles right. him. Right, Schwarzenegger tackles himself. And that's where it's like, we could do restaurant opens or something like that. Like, you are one of the best bindles. I like how Slater's like, fuck off! Uh, you're the you best lookalike I've seen. <laughs> I don't like you. I am you, but I don't like you. So the Ripper, who is responsible for killing Jack Slater's son in the third movie, now is in a very similar situation on the rooftop of this theater with Danny, and he's going to toss him over the edge of the building. And Slater's like, no, not again. So he electrocutes him with the the big old wire and rain. Sure. Somehow avoids it by lifting his feet slightly. That's all you got to do sometimes. (laughs) So the Ripper's dead. And then, of course, Benedict shows up. He shoots Slater right in the chest, which is not uh, a good thing in the real world. Now, but I appreciate how Benedict is like firing off this gun at Slater. And then it clicks because no more ammo. And then Arnold gets caught monologue of like, you made a classic movie mistake. He's <laughs> like, no, I just missed one chamber. It's like, who the fuck does that? I own he, a six shooter. You don't miss one. I think he intentionally left one empty for the sake of pulling out Arnold thinking. Exactly. He's just two steps genius. ahead. Genius. Absolute genius. Charles fucking dance. So good. Uh, we should mention that, that Slater does manage to rescue Danny, who's hanging on the ledge of the building after he kills the Ripper. Sure. Um. So now the two of them are up there, and Danny's like, oh, no, I have to help Slater. So his idea is I need to get him back to the movies, he's, but yeah, I don't have like, a ticket. We blew up Benedict, apparently, via eyeball. I actually like the way that Wikipedia states this. It says, um, Slater grabs his revolver and shoots Benedict in his explosive glass eye, killing him. Why would you have an explosive glass eye? I get for the dramatic aspect. You can leave it behind like he did earlier, and it like was like he did a bomb twisted. And he, that's how Slater got fired from the force, because of the giant explosion. But I mean, I've seen Suicide Squad. Having a bomb in your head's not a good thing. It's generally not an ideal scenario. But Benedict is cocky. Okay. He's like, I got an explosive <laughs> in case I need it. It's a little leave behind. Danny's plan, he's got to get Slater back into the movies, where it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> it's not a bad plan, actually. It's... Uh, not a bad plan at all, but he also... The problem is, he doesn't have a doesn't ticket. doesn't have the ticket, because the ticket fell off the roof, and now some other Joe Schmo's going to pick it up and yeah. probably go see Kelly LeBrock or something like that in Weird Science. <laughs> well, the ticket stub actually falls in front of a theater that's playing the Seventh Seal, yep. where the figure of death, who is, of course, played by Sir fucking Ian fucking McFucking Kellen... Yep! ...emerges from the screen as death, and it just makes me 
so happy. I was the last thing I expected in this movie was Ian McKellen. But what is the point of him being here? Um, and this was the first time I've actually asked myself that. And I've seen this movie so many times. He came out, he touches a cop on the back, and the cop starts coughing. You're like, Death got him. Fine. Death and got he him. walks in the theater, and Death is talking to Slade. He's like, You're not on my list. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> Danny like steps up to Death and he's like, Hey, get out of here. Uh, we got to do the thing. And Death is like, Actually, I was just curious what's going on because like this guy's not on my list at all. And you're not going to die until you're like a grandfather, which is a weird so way of saying that. So, why are you that. here, Death? He's just curious. He just wants to check out who the Jack Slater guy is. It's not. They made death into a MacGuffin. <laughs> they That's just how like, cocky this movie is. <laughs> we need to get Ian McKellen in this movie somehow. Yeah, but death says like, hey, kid, if you weren't such a fucking idiot, you'd be looking for the other half of the ticket. Death and is, then the, death is the one who's leaves. like, hey, by the way, there's another half of that ticket. I'm out of well, here. I'm also, go- I'm, I'm Swedish and death, but I know how tickets work. <laughs> Bork, 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 go find the other half. I like that this is a this is a version of death from a movie who has emerged into the real world and apparently has a list of people from the real world who are meant to die, but doesn't have fictional characters from a different movie on his list. Listen, this movie's kind of like the ocean gate of <laughs> fucking plots here, all right? Let's take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't give me! <laughs> the only one you feel bad about is the kid who didn't want to go on it, and his rich daddy made him because he probably yeah. guilted him his whole life. The other billionaires fucking deserve what they got. I, I yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel dirty agreeing with you, but I do. <laughs> but yeah, uh, not an airtight plot is what we're saying. <laughs> not even close. Would definitely uh, fail under a little bit of pressure. Just a little bit, tiny bit of pressure. <laughs> So, uh, Danny finds the other half of the ticket. After, after he, he drop, drop kicks. kicks. <laughs> <laughs> the ticket box. Why does reason? he drop kick it? All know. he has to do is open the top. It's the one on top. It's the, you're the only person here to see you a movie the in the middle of the night. You're the last person here. Let me see how I can make this like a goddamn double dare situation. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Summers would be proud. So he finds the half of the ticket stub and he, he, Goes in and he's like, it's not going to work for me. And then Slater touches it and everything becomes magical again. And Slater goes back into his movie. His wounds instantly heal. And uh, Danny returns to the real world before the portal closes. Then a recovered Slater enthusiastically embraces the true nature of his reality. Because now he's in on it. He knows he's in a movie. So he goes up to his lieutenant, Decker. And he starts yelling at him his new plan about... How he's going to do whatever he's going to do. He's he's the best. He's a cop. This is a movie. Wink at the camera. Uh, yeah. This is definitely the type of movie where the good guy is going to drive away into the sunset and wave. Oh, a la Fantastic Four. Not that one. <laughs> uh, Danny and Nick share a heartfelt moment re- reminiscing uh, about their past with the movie theater, I guess. Uh, Danny and Nick have a special bond, and Nick is in this movie for a couple minutes, so I, I understand. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Slater does indeed drive away, <laughs> waving goodbye uh, to the entire audience. I to imagine. all of us. To all of us. We needed to sunset this character. But mostly to Danny. Way. Sure. <laughs> that is Last Action Hero from 993, directed by John fucking McTiernan. This is like a solid six or seven. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, six. Probably. <laughs> Probably. 
I said yeah before I, I it processed what you actually said. Yeah, that was me trying to sneak that one by you. That was never going to work. Very nearly did. I, I'm still going to allow the six, despite uh, <laughs> the screen door submarine that we just... Uh, <laughs> uh, next category is casting. It's pretty good, minus Danny. Minus Danny and Whitney. Again, a six, I think, is appropriate. Yeah. But I, I also think it gets a Charles Dance bump. I, I think it does get a Charles Dance bump, and I think it gets an F. Murray Abraham bump, too. Because, god damn, I love that man. They got an Oscar winner in this, somehow. They, they also got Ian McKellen and Art Carney in there. So That's they, true. <laughs> they did some work, and the, the sheer number of cameos. With it's insane. Stallone as the Terminator, and Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi was free. Don't get excited about that one. <laughs> Little Richard's there for some reason. <laughs> sure MC is. Hammer is like, yeah, we closed the deal on me doing the soundtrack oh, to, to date the movie. Jack Slater Five, right? Uh oh, and also Al Leong was one of the henchmen. Well, that's not a surprise. So that is not a surprise. <laughs> Fucking love Al Leong. Was this movie made in the early nineties or late eighties? And were there was there a bad guy with henchmen? Just a suit. <laughs> Our guy's there, then. Yeah, a six? Is that what you said? Seven? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was drinking the long drink. Oh, yeah, you gotta have yeah, your I'll, I'll go with a, a six. Danny Madigan really fucks this thing up bad. He so. does, yeah. Next category is protagonist. Jack Slater's awesome. Is it Jack Slater or is it Danny Madigan, though? Who's the last action hero? It's Danny, isn't it? God damn it. Danny literally calls himself, in the movie, the comedic sidekick. Oh, thank God he got us out of that one. Yeah. All right, so... So it has Jack to be Slater. Detective Jack Slater. He's awesome. He is awesome. He wears a pretty awesome leather jacket. He has cowboy boots on for reasons. Sometimes a, just a red t-shirt and a, and a nice pair of jeans. And sometimes he wears just a, a good old trucker hat to disguise himself. Yeah. In case people might think he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Seven. Seven. I'll allow it. Antagonist. Charles fucking Dance. Charles fucking dance. I love that Benedict starts off as a henchman and then kills his boss to ascend to the level of true antagonist. And his plan is awesome. It's Minus phenomenal. killing Arnold Schwarzenegger, because that part doesn't make any sense at all. That part is a little weird. But... but the threat of bringing past villains into the real world to wreak havoc is great. I wish we got to see it. I understood killing Schwarzenegger in an attempt to not let there be more Jack Slater movies. I'll buy that. That's fine. But the ones that already exist already exist, so it's not going to do anything there. But I wish we got to see this plan slightly come to fruition a little bit. I would like to see, like, he's talking about bringing in King Kong and just, like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And instead we get briefly Sir Ian McKellen at the end, who shows up, says, you're not on my list. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, everyone. Yeah, but, yeah, but death never goes back into his movie. So death is just out there, just cruising around, playing chess with people. On the streets of, of the bad part of New York. Or was this premiere in L.A.? I have no idea. I don't understand where this movie takes place at <laughs> we'll any point. We will, will we? get there shortly. <laughs> um, All right. No, we won't. We don't do setting anymore. <laughs> no, uh, setting, two. <laughs> two. Uh, but antagonist, uh, I, I fucking love Benedict. I love Charles Dance. I think this might be a nine. Done. Not going to fight you. That's exactly where my head was. Nine. All right. Screenplay. Which? One where the pancreas is dancing? <laughs> I love the pancreas dancing, for sure. My pancreas looks swole. That's cancer. Yeah. Uh... 
Zach Penn and Adam Left did end up with a story credit, but the screenplay credit went to Shane Black and David Arnott. And I love that they got Shane Black to rewrite this because it was originally like a, a Shane Black parody. Which is a weird move. It's a very weird move. It's like, hey, let's get the guy we're making fun of to write the movie and then the guy we're making fun of to direct it too. Arnold hates the screenplay. I, I understand why. <laughs> yep, it's not a good one for four and i think that's generous i don't like saying that yeah um there's a lot of plot holes tons tons and tons but i think that has a lot to do with you know the time frame in which they filmed this movie you're not wrong this movie was never ever ever going to see the titanic it was never going to make it let's face it the way it was set up (laughs) yeah next category style and tone it's not bad it's not bad. Uh, it's not I think great. Schwarzenegger does a lot of heavy lifting. He has to, though. Pun fully intended. Yeah. Um, but he, he is just absolutely crushing it at every turn with his self-awareness. And I appreciate how hard John McTiernan went with the real world stuff yeah. and the movie stuff. He went yeah. hard. I mean, you have this, this run down New York versus this idyllic Los Angeles like instantly you know which part you're in. And then, of course, you have the over-action movification of L.A. with just cars swerving and exploding. It's just so good. Seven. Seven. That's generous. Six. I uh, I don't know. I like seven. Man, I felt so dirty after I thought about it for a second. (laughs) And I like this movie, damn it. I'll bring it down to a six. Director. John McTiernan, uh, he does enough for what he's given to do. He does, he does stuff, you know, um, he, he diehards a little bit. He does some predator. He might sprinkle in a little hunt for red October in there. There is one shot in this movie that legit blew me away though. Oh, and it's in the real world, right? When they get to the real world, Arnold plays chicken with the bad guy taxi yeah. in this one alley. And I messaged you about it. Like right when I said, it, I was like, dude, I could talk about this scene for like an hour if I had to, because <laughs> I figured out how they did it so quickly. But it blew my mind how they pulled it off because you have Danny and Jack Slater in the car. Jack says, get out. Danny's like, don't do this. This is the real world. You're going to die. If You're you going to shake it. Don't do this. He says, get out. I'm going to do it. Arnold drives off. And this is still in the same shot. Drives off. And they do a cowboy switch somehow to get an actual car going forward that Arnold is very much not in. Right. But the way that they did this, in, since it's a night shot in an alley. It means it has to be wet in order for the light to reflect off of things the right way. Right. It's a wet road. Whenever you see a wet road in a movie or a TV show or something like that, they usually wet the road at night in order to give it a little bit of definition. There you go. Makes sense. That's how the sauce is made. But with this, the car keeps driving straight, still in the one shot, crashes head on into the taxi, and you see the wire very close to Danny <laughs> in a puddle rattle because the car was on a wire, as it usually is whenever of you course, do this type yeah. of shot. But then Danny starts running towards the car, still in the one shot, and they only cut away just before he gets there to get Arnold to come out of the car. Wow. It was so well done. They did a cowboy switch with a car to doing it on a wire. It's a solid minute-long crash sequence that has no business being in this movie. Yeah, that's a a cool shot. So John McTiernan, I'm going to give him a solid seven. Solid seven. You keep saying seven, and then as soon as I move on, you move it down to a six. Are you sure you don't want a six? Kind of thinking eight this time. All right, seven it is. <laughs> Let's talk about music. I loved it. Michael Common, 
absolutely. There are so many moments in this movie where they pull the music from another movie that they're referencing. It makes me so happy. So, like, when the one cop dies and he's like, I was two days away from retirement, they literally <laughs> play so music good. from Lethal Weapon after he says it. They literally play music from Die Hard after. The, I mean, it's just, it's so well done. It's just these light motifs slapped around in order yeah. to make it make sense and work. Easy nine for me. Yeah. Um, Loved it. The scene where <laughs> where uh, Benedict is figuring out how the ticket works, and he just happens to have the Twilight Zone on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Maybe that's Nine. where, like, subconsciously I got that from earlier. Huh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, box office is not up to us. It is based on the numbers. The estimated budget for this movie was $85 million. It only made $137 million, which is, like, a 162% return which uh, it's widely known this movie did not make what it needed to make to be successful. Um, it is going to be a 162%, I said. It's a five. This movie uh, had a rough time. Yeah. To put yeah, it, it lightly. Uh, it came out the week after Jurassic Park and the week before Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> never had a chance. If you look at the other movies that came out that week, you've never heard of them because they rightfully were like, I'm not going up against a Spielberg movie. <laughs> Nope, or Sleep in <laughs> Seattle, which is great. It's fantastic. That's one that's been on my list for a minute. And then the final category is the impact on the industry. Not big. No, uh, it did get nominated for six Golden Raspberry Awards. That's actually really impressive. Worst picture, worst actor, worst director, worst screenplay, worst new star, Austin O'Brien, and worst original song, which was uh, Big Gun, which I want to say is the, uh, the ACDC song in this movie. All right. Did it win any of them? Arnold approached... No, it didn't win any of them. It was just nominated. That's a shame, then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Arnold apparently went to ACDC and said, hey, I want a song for this movie. And they're like, all right. And they wrote Big Gun. Fine. Deal. Um, also, recently, October 2019, Arnold Schwarzenegger revealed that he was willing to star in True Lies 2 and Last Action Hero 2. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's willing to make money. Life support if, on his career. <laughs> Oh, come on. Expendables 4 is coming out, right? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to go with like a 2. Yeah, I think 2 is appropriate. That is going to give Last Action Hero a total score of 61. We are incredibly safe. Oh, good. I was worried because I have not been drinking a lot. This is still pretty No, safe. I just opened a new one right before we did that stupidly, so I got a little <laughs> worried too. On the tomato meter, critically, this thing has a 40%. Audience score is a 47%. Oh, yeah. We're very safe. I like this movie. I, I will fight anyone who disagrees and probably lose, but still, worth it. 61's not a great score, but it's understandably higher than, than it should oh, be. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, that was my pick. Next week, it's your pick. Why don't you beer us all a movie? It's so hard to follow up something this ridiculous. But I think I found something that also takes place in a universe where people are aware that they are in a movie. Okay. The movie's from 2015, and it's called The Final Girls. The description for it is as follows. Max, recently orphaned, goes to see a screening of a B-horror movie. Is that, that Adam Devine? Is that Adam Devine? It is Adam Devine. Holy shit. All right. A B-horror movie, <laughs> movie that her mother made 20 years earlier. When Max and her friends find themselves in the world of the film itself, they must apply their knowledge of horror tropes to survive. Oh my god, there's people in this movie. There are people in this movie. Malin Ackerman, Adam Devine, Thomas Middleditch? 
Nina Dobrev. Nina Dobrev, <laughs> alias Shawcat. How have I never heard of this thing? I was asking myself the same thing. There you go. Next week, the final girls. Until then, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send us your movie suggestions for this month's listener pick. And next month, we're doing two listener picks. So get your picks in. And of course, if you're a patron, you get double picks. That list right now has about 45 different movies on it. It's very <laughs> exciting. Yeah, it does. Uh, speaking of Patreon, this month we're going to be doing a uh, commentary on Spy Hard, directed by Rick Friedberg. We sure are. <laughs> I'm very excited because I'm going in completely blind. I've never seen the movie. so The commentaries are insanely fun to do. Yeah. Insanely fun. And we've heard ridiculously positive things for the few that we've done so far that if you watch along with the commentary playing... It's a lot of fun. So we appreciate those. They're so much fun to do. They're fun to do. They're fun to listen to. So hope everybody wins. Uh, you can email us your movie picks, your questions, or comments to beermemoviepod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on social media, beermemoviepod on Twitter, beermemovie everywhere else like Instagram and Facebook, where uh, we always put up a post on our recording days asking for your questions and comments. We covered a couple of them already, but I believe there are more. We got one more, and it's Michael Carlstrom. He said, it's an underrated movie, IMO, and I agree with you, Michael. But he said, if this movie were made today, Ooh. who do you think would have the Arnold part? He said The Rock. That's, that is a It's a the obvious pick. choice. It is. That makes me want to say John Cena, though. Well, we wouldn't be able to see it then. That's true. <laughs> ah, the old John Cena joke. Fine. Ah, um, wrestling stuff. Dave Batista. I still wouldn't be able to see him. <laughs> I would still want Charles Dance. 100% I would, too. But I would want to go like Chris Hemsworth and have it like be an oh, MCU thing because he's in yeah. so many of them or something like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. It'd be it'd be very on the nose, and I kind of love that idea. Um, obviously, Tom Noonan is being replaced with uh, Michael Rooker, right? Because one hundred percent has to. <laughs> Michael Rooker as the Ripper would be just too perfect. It would be, and we have to see his ass at some point. Yeah, I mean that's the sweet the rule. Rooker buns. <laughs> There you go. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody, for all of your questions. This was a fun one. Brian, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. Next week, we're talking 2015's The Final Girls. We'll see you then. Bye.